Welcome to the Uncle Hack Podcast, where dudes pretty much just talk dude shit. Okay. Recording. Check, check, check. It's a good day, isn't it? It's a great day. It's a lovely day, and I'm glad you're here with me. Thank you for being a part of this uh, episode. God almighty. Upcoming stand-up dates, August, Earth, fucking Christ. This is how this is starting. Oh, my God. November 18th, Austin, Texas. That is this Saturday. Whoa, the boys are going to Texas. Oh, my God. November 22nd, Round Rock, Texas. December 3rd, Plano, Texas. December 29th, Red Deer, Alberta. December 31st, 31st, fuck me. Banff, Alberta. January 1st, Calgary, Alberta. February 9th and 10th, Thunder Bay. February 16th and 17th, Niagara Falls, Ontario. Uh, February 22nd, Fredericton, New Brunswick. February 23rd and 24th, St. John, New Brunswick. February 25th, Halifax, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, March 2nd, uh, February 29th and March 2nd, Winnipeg. March 24th, Vancouver, British Columbia. And March 29th to the 31st in Ottawa. That's right. Coming off a hot one this weekend. Edmonton is always a fun show. It's always a, you know, it's one of those shows that I love being a part of. It's not only is like, uh, I started this horse shit here and that's the online stuff and uh, stand up. So it makes it almost more magical. It, it There's something else involved is this becomes like your home club uh, at the comic strip, you, you spend a lot of time there and then to have the opportunity to do a show there. And not only that, get this sold out, baby sold to the bone doing comedy in my city. It feels good. You know, it, it feels good that you're appreciated and, uh, people will come out and, and listen to what the fuck you have to say. It's, it's, uh, very humbling. It's tough to garner an ego. I think, well, no, it wouldn't be tough. It'd be much easier to get that ego. But I think, um, over time, um, staying humble is, is kind of difficult at times, but in, but in the grand scheme of things, if you truly think about what you're doing, it's like, uh, anybody could do it. It's just, there's something else there. You know, there's some magic behind it. Or maybe what you, when you started it, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that, I don't know, it, 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 you, you can sit here and justify of like getting on stage and saying egregious or uh, outrageous horse shit and be like, look, bro, we're fucking doing something great out there. You know, we're bringing people together, which is like the key thing. And it's like a, 
an audience that, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe isn't spoken for. I don't know. You can be the judge on that. I'm not going to sit here and like dive too deep into it as if like what I'm, what I'm doing means a lot. You know, it's great. You know, I love the fact that uh, people write into the show. They come to live shows, you know, uh, they're a part of this. And uh, we ride and die by the sword with the cats. You know what I'm saying? With the cats, baby. So the Edmonton show is truly like, so. whenever we get the opportunity to, to do something here, I think it's... Uh, it's uh, special. It, there's there's more uh, meaning behind it, I guess, by getting your start in a club and then um, in in this period of time to then being able to produce your own show there. It uh, and not only that that uh, that show being successful as well as like people coming out and enjoying themselves at it. It uh, it it it. it just means more. So I just want to say thanks to everybody that came out to the Edmonton show. It was fucking awesome. There's no better way for us to head down to Texas after something that hot. After something so great, so wonderful. What a great evening. I'm having a phenomenal week uh, this Thursday. Actually, when this podcast is released, I will be traveling to Austin, Texas. Uh, we'll be touching down. I'll be in the air while this is... Uh, well, while you're watching this, you know, so, well, I just, uh, I broke kayfabe as they say in the wrestling business. Oh, these aren't live. Oh no. No, these are pre-recorded for those that, uh, haven't quite figured that out yet on, in the YouTube comment section. Uh, I do appreciate those that are commenting right now in the sidebar as if this is live. You are wonderful folks as well. You are truly beautiful souls. But uh, yeah, Texas, I'm very excited. Um, I get a lot. Are you going to Are you gonna get on Kill Tony? Well, that's not up for me to decide. Will I put my name in the bucket 100%? Uh, fingers are crossed. I've been praying to the comedy gods, Allah. Allah, ha I think is his name. In uh, hopes and dreams that my name does get pulled and I get my opportunity to uh, to try my horse shit on such a such a show with such magnitude and, and power behind it, then uh, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping you know positive spirits going down there. The boys are firing on all cylinders. You know it, it feels good. We feel like a, a tightly knit hockey team right now, uh, early in the season. Things are going our way. We're getting bounces, you know. Pucks are going in. We're getting, uh, we're getting her deep. We're fucking splitting the D. Fucking one teaser, going top butter, you know. Every guy is pulling his weight. We're looking like a Stanley Cup team, unlike my Oilers right now, which is a tough goal, you know. I know many of you maybe are like, oh, what the fuck? Talk about Trudeau, you know. It is, it is funny. That, uh, that, that's the thing is that guy, I fucking, I love shit talking that guy and I become the shit talk Trudeau guy. And sometimes at a show, somebody will fucking talk about Trudeau, bro. And you get him going. You start talking jazz on the prime minister. It's good. 
Another thing I want to give a sh- uh, one quick shout out, then we'll get into the show. We got lots to talk about today, lots of subjects. You know, the weekend was great for that. Sorry, I had a little brain fart there. I was just, I'm, I'm daydreaming. That's my problem is I'm daydreaming about this trip and uh, I catch myself uh, just staring in, into nowhere. You know, it's uh, the, the shitty thing is you get older, the excitement of uh, activities doesn't really happen as much. You know, like we do a lot of minuscule things that we don't necessarily get overly excited for. As as you once did when you were a kid, you know, you used to get excited just to go see somebody. You remember that? You were so excited to go see somebody that you haven't seen in like fucking 18 minutes. Oh, we're going to see my cousin. We're going to see the cousins. You get fired up. You get jacked up. And I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. This... Uh, I don't know. There's just things that have been going my way since I've cleaned up my act and uh, just put, uh, you know, finding something to focus my energy on apart from being a party donkey, for Christ's sakes. And do I miss those times? Yes, I I, I will say it. I will admit. But it is, there. there is something disgusting and grotesque about a 32-year-old that just can't put his 20-year-old ways away, can't put, can't shelf that life and kind of, you know, Get with the times. I know I'm not saying change yourself totally, but it's like if you're doing young man stuff, like there, there's getting drunk in a garage and hanging out and having some beers with one another. There's that. But then there's like the club. And we go over that over and over again. Going to the club and popping bottles like you're uh, somebody for fuck's sakes. And it just, there's something off with that behavior. And now that, now that I've got something to like really focus in on and, uh, trying to chase down and and it's never ending like it uh, it's it's great you know your your work ethic starts to shine through and, and i found something that uh putting my time into and it's like oh bro how much money do you make you know and I, and, and like that it that doesn't really if 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 we really broke it down um i don't even know i don't even want to know what i make in an hourly wage because the hours that I put in and the hours that I work and the things that I do to like further this uh, and the income to, uh, that I also make off of it as well, I, I don't think it would be a number that everybody would be like, wow, I wish I want to go down that route. You know, I'm not saying that this is easy and I'm not saying that it's hard. I'm just saying that it takes like persistence and time and energy and uh, the highs are highs and the lows are lows, brother. So, you know, life is such, but, uh, one thing that before we go, uh, off into another tangent of some, some horse shit, uh, Chris Lysak, he is one of the coots four that has been sitting in a remand center down in Lethbridge, Alberta. This guy has been in there for over 600 days and has yet to have a trial, a political prisoner, if you will. Um, I believe that, uh, despite your politics and you put that aside, I think it's very grotesque that this man has sat in that fucking jail for that long and not, uh, has been denied bail numerous times from my understanding. Um, this guy has been sitting there, hasn't got uh, sitting inside this jail cell with no trial whatsoever. Lawyers have ran off on him after he has sunk thousands of dollars into, um, legal he's been left high and dry numerous times and something uh wonderful happened and this is uh i recorded last week's episode and then this came out the following day 
and uh, they were fundraising and he needed $150,000 for, uh, for lawyer, for a lawyer to get this trial up and going and off the ground. And, and he needed it in a very short amount of time. And we're talking within days, within days, not even a full week. Uh, folks came together and uh, put their money forth to help this man that has been sitting in there for that amount of time. And that is uh, something, you know, it sucks because you, you, you know, um, what's happening right now is a part, a part of that comes from these guys that, that did stick their neck out and they uh, became the targets of the feds of the police and they were painted in a way and, you know, their reputations have been ruined because of uh, what the actions that they took to stand up against what they believed was right. And the government was overreaching. They locked us down for quite some time. And these men had no problem standing up. So, you know, people showing their gratitude towards this guy um, is, is truly remarkable. Uh, it, it makes you, you know, in times where you're questioning uh, human morals and you see something like this, it kind of reassures you that there are still some good people out there. And whether or not you agree with this politically, I'm saying that this man should be um, awarded at least a fair trial. At least a fair trial in front of a judge, and then they can make their decision there. But for spending 600 days in a remand center is fucking insane. Without getting in front of a judge. And again... Put your politics aside and, and take whatever uh, whatever little parades taking place downtown. And those people get thrown into a prison cell and they are sat there for 600 fucking days plus without seeing a judge. I think we can all agree that this is wrong. And I'm glad that uh, we, as, we as Canucks and uh, those all around the globe that, that contributed to this man... Uh, getting a fair trial, or at least legal counsel, uh, can can take place. You know, it's 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 kind of sad. The, the things that this guy's missed in the, uh, I can't even imagine the things that he's lost. Not even just missed, just lost in that per- being personal things. Maybe a, your housing, family, friends, people abandoning uh, abandoning you. Um, you know, your 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 spirit gets broken in a place like that. And that's what, that's what these fucking suit dummies want. Those idiots that sit at that Mr. Speaker, those morons that want that, they want broken people. They don't want people standing up. And this guy did that. And I'm, I, I felt it was necessary to say something, even though um, I didn't catch it beforehand, but the money was raised and, and uh, you know, those out there that did donate, uh, I, I'd imagine you have put sunshine in a man's world that is very dark right now. And, uh, and I'm, I just, I'm not even on behalf of him. I just want to say thank you for, for that, you know, you, you know. I assume he would say the same things. I heard a voicemail where he got uh, quite emotional that folks are going to step forward and, and uh, do this for them. And it's crazy. It's crazy. That's all. That's all I really got to say. You know, it's, 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 this isn't quite every now and then it's, it's good to get real 
and talk about some real shit that's happening instead of all this mumbo jumbo, like the stuff that we're going to get into later in the episode, you know, and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's just nice to see like the generosity of humans that'll step forth and, and donate to a guy like this and, and, uh, believe that he is deserving of a fair trial and we'll put some cash forward and give this guy a hand. You know, he did, uh, he did something that many people don't have the balls to do these days. Um, and I have, I had the opportunity to meet that, that gentleman while he was down there in Coots, um, and he was nothing but kind to me, so I have nothing but great words to say about him. I think the the balls on that man are larger than this earth to do, not even to do what he did, but to be a part of something like that and to ensure that, you know, we show that united, uh, we can make some things happen. And, and I think if we open our minds to more of that, we would see uh, a progression in the right direction for us as human beings, you know, because we love to sit back and immediately when, when things like that, we want to be like write opinion pieces, you know, we go to social media and we start writing these opinion pieces as if like, you know, we're journalists these days, we always got to throw our two cents on Twitter. We got to get it out there and make everybody know what side you fall on. But when it just comes to looking at something at a, at looking at the whole picture and the magnitude of that blockade that took part in Coots and, and how it forced the hand of the government and how weak they actually are when we are united. You know, if, if we could all come together on an issue and work from there as human beings, I think that uh, we could really sort this out. But until that time, folks, all we have are folk heroes, and they don't want folk, folk heroes like that that will stand up and uh, push back against the nonsense that that uh, takes place in the House of Commons. Another thing that uh, you know people are upset about over the weekend is Bill Burr's wife flipped off Trump at a UFC event, and people are going, "Bill Burr's a cook." Bill Burr's a cook. I'm excited to see how he responds to this, you know, because he's generally like, eh, he, he has some good takes and it wasn't up till then. And like, this is why politics started to annoy me. And when people get like possessive over their political party is like, who gives a shit? People aren't going to like everybody. They have opposing sides for a reason. So that way we sit there and bleh, drool over ourselves over these morons that'll never do anything for us. But because, you know, he's a prolific comedian and has a name attached to him, his wife flips him off and, and she's acting in that manner. It's associated with him. And I get it. My husband, wife, you're a duo, whatever. The tax system fucking is grabbing their money. Whatever the hell you want to call it. Who gives a shit? This is why this political divisiveness that takes place starts to annoy me is like the free speech, like do as you please as long as you don't harm any and anybody. That that starts getting thrown around. And then immediately when somebody does something that you don't necessarily agree with, you can't sit back and be like, hey, whatever, she's got the right to do that. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? You know? He is, at the end of the day, a fucking business mogul who's abused the tax system 
And on top of it was a, it was a politician. So I'd imagine that there was some shit that he did. You know, I'm not saying that he was a bad president. I'm not saying he's a great president. I'm not American. I didn't vote. Do I like him when he's on TV? Yes. Very entertaining. I can watch Trump highlight reels all day long because he kills me, especially like that one where he's like, you'd be in jail, China, you know, it's just his sound bites fucking kill me. But we get upset, you know, it's same up here. Once you start looking at politicians as the same shit stain on your underwear, like then it starts to make sense, you know, but when we like drool over these morons, when we start getting all hot and horny over these jackasses, we start to fucking lose ourselves. We don't see it as like we got to have opponents when in reality we fight one another for them. We argue with one another for them, but they're on a like in, in the hierarchical system. They're above us. They make the laws. They implement it. They pass it through their Congress or the House of Commons. They go through all the legal horse shit, you know. We're just peons and we argue back and forth for the likability of those two idiots that are sitting there fucking on podiums being like, oh, we got a fucking, climate change is gay. And everybody's just like. (laughs) You get all uh, fucking, hey, climate change isn't gay, you're gay. And there's one. Like, fuck, it's exhausting. But I'm excited to see what he has to say. I imagine he'll be talking about it on his podcast, and I can't wait for the response, because once it cools off a little bit, maybe he leaves it alone. Maybe he doesn't care. At the end of it, he's made his money. I'd imagine that he still has a core fan base that's going to show up, whether, you know, because, like, the Twitter mob went at him. And, and quite honestly, it's probably helping him. Oh, yeah, Bill Burr, I should go back and we'll rewatch his special. So he's probably fucking making more money. The thing that we don't understand is like, it doesn't matter what side of the spectrum you sit on. As soon as you put controversy on the heels of somebody, they start to make, they become popular again. And then everybody goes back and rewatches their stuff, maybe buys an album, buys tickets to their show. All this shit starts to happen in their favor. And I can tell you that from experience, because the moment that everybody took to the internet trying to get rid of the fucking shows, that we had booked in that time frame when uh, I was going through that horse shit. And that wasn't even a large scale. That was just idiots with TikToks, TikTok accounts and then some pussy booker up in fucking Prince George that couldn't handle a little heat, you know? And it, it escalated us. We got two shows canceled. We talked about it. We put it out there. And it helped us. It didn't hurt us. It helped us. These people thought that we were fucking done forever. Now look it. We're coming off of like sold out shows on the weekends. People coming out, having a good time. It never does what you think it's going to do. Especially in entertainment. That old saying, any press is good press. And it's true. It's not even press anymore. It's just how many people can you outrage to talk about you? And it's the only way people will talk about you if they fucking hate you. You know, you don't go online and be like, oh, I really love this guy. Fucking uh, he's my favorite comic. I, uh, 
No, the, the moment that somebody does something that you disagree with, then you run and grab your pitchfork and fucking light your, light your tiki torch and get out in the street. This fucking guy, he needs to be on the town square getting rocks thrown at. We need to stone him to death because his fucking wife. You know, he's loving this right now. In fact, he's probably got his feet up in this million-dollar home out in Los Angeles, or I should say Calabascus, enjoying his time. Went and watched a UFC fight at Madison Square Garden. Life was good. His wife flips off the fucking Prez Faux Five. And now he's back in the media. Now he's trending on Twitter for fucking three days. Good for him. See, most people jump on that and they got to make an opinion on that where I look at that and I go, I'm jealous. You know, I I need my fucking lady to go and who does she got to flip off so everybody's pissed off at me? We got to go down there and get her to fucking, who's a beloved Canadian that, that would be like controversial to flip off? And I can't say Trudeau because then I would be loved. You know, that would be a good one, though, because that one's like if your old lady's like on camera flipping off Trudeau and they're like, that's fucking, that's fucking, that's Bruce's old lady. What a beauty. She's awesome. It is funny. It's kind of the opposite. America is like such a a very peculiar place. It's, it's, It's complex, but also easy to understand at the same time. It's very weird, you know? That's why I'm excited to go down there and be a part of the uh, the American infrastructure and take uh, take full advantage of those of those lovely little rights that you have down there, even as a Canadian. Come down there and abuse them to my to my full advantage. Enjoy my time in the Lone Star State, you know? Everybody's going to be, oh, fucking, uh. show business is also a very weird, weird thing. There's so many aspects to it. And it's just like, you know, you as a, I, I don't want to say artist, because that sounds like pretentious, because it's like, uh, I wrote a joke about fucking cum being in my mustache. You know, it's art. It's art. I wrote a joke the other day of finger banging a fucking 10 year old boy. This is art. If you don't understand what art is, <clears throat> please excuse yourself from the conversation. This is a tad ridiculous, if you, I might say. But it is like uh, you, you, you become good at something, and then there's all these fucking hyenas just around, you know, around the carcass that they're trying to strip clean. Yeah, you know, well, I can do this for you. I can do this. And there's, you know, to a degree, there there is some need for it. But at the same time, it's just rather annoying, you know? It's just annoying. I don't like fucking suit culture. I don't like fucking offices. I don't like any of that. And, like, the, the things surrounding it annoy me. How they talk to one another. What they perceive is, like, I guess success at the end of the day. You know, there's just something that fucking annoys me. How they, did I say how they talk to one another? Yes. Like, well, we'll circle back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll circle back. It's like a fucking, 
it's like HR departments out in the, in, on a job site or a safety guy, you know? Once the safety guy's around, it's just like, ugh. You know, you get around the, uh, you probably all, everybody in their family has somebody that does something white collar, you know? And, and it's not like you don't respect them. You just find them overly annoying. And they come in the room and they're like, yeah, you know, it was good. We were down in Atlanta for this uh, insurance uh, convention. It was quite nice. Yeah, it was nice. The weather was good. Uh, it's like, did you go to a Falcons game? And they're like, oh, no, not really particularly a fan of football, but we did go to an art museum. Ugh. Imagine that. Imagine a grown man looking at you and be like, oh, have you been to the art museum in Atlanta? You'd want to hit that guy with a chair like you were fucking Mick Foley in 1998. You'd want to bust that guy wide open. Like me, you, hardcore match, garage, let's go. I'm going to put a fucking nine iron to your skull until you start talking correctly. You know, I get it. Everybody's got their own thing, but it's like, come on, man. Is there anything dude related that we can discuss you get that guy, you know, like you get that fucking dude that, uh, you know, you got a cousin that, that married some guy and every Christmas you're just like, oh, is that dickhead going to be there? He is. Fuck. God, I'm going to get locked into another fucking hour and a half conversation of, uh, you know, of Picasso's paintings. That he went and visited. Yeah, you know, the weather in Rome at this time is quite pleasurable. That's great. You know, I don't know what. That's great. You know, I wish I was hammered. I wish I was hammered enough that I could ruin the family event. And I'd never have to speak to you again. You know, that or I'm exiled from the family. And I don't have to come here and listen to your fucking dumbass stories about art museums and how you got fingered in a washroom. You know? Mm. Well, actually, the rectum is a pleasure center if you really think about it. I know a lot of people think of it think of it as an exit only, but one, maybe two fingers. I mean, the prostate is located in there, and I tell you, your 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 cousin has very delicate fingers, and you can find my G spot, and I come like a fucking billy goat when she re- I release a what I would consider a small gallon a half-used gallon of paint, and I've coated myself even one time, and I thought to myself, is this what the ancient Greeks would feel like back in the day? Is this what they were up to? Were they fingering their asses? We shall find out next year at uh, Christmas. I'll do a little research. I don't have time for it right now as I'm enjoying this Merlot. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about right now, but we went from Trump getting flipped off by Bill Burr's wife to some annoying cocksucker that's at your family dinner with you. This is what I mean. Like, if you had to explain this podcast to anybody, it would be very hard, I think. It's like, yeah, this idiot just sits here in front of a live audience and uh, just kind of lets his thoughts go. He he gathers up these topics. He he pretends like he's an intellectual, but deep down inside, that guy's a knuckle-dragon Neanderthal. And I don't think, like, if it wasn't for, you know, the world built around him, he'd be in deep, deep trouble. You know, if this guy had to go and survive out in the mountain for a week, my Lord, good night, Irene. He ain't coming back. Are you kidding me? But here's the thing is, like, the joy of being this dumb is nobody takes you serious enough. 
because anybody that comes to this podcast and gets upset, you're equal. Like we're on the same playing field. Let's be real here. We're on the same playing field. Nobody here right now, you know, we're not going on to fucking win Nobel prizes. You know, we're not inventing the new iPhone anytime soon. We're not, we're, we're not being a part of anything spectacular unless it's building some redneck invention that, uh, you know, everybody's like, that's fucking sick. But, you know, apart from the people that go, that's fucking sick, there's more people going, that is a complete safety hazard and you are going to die. You know, it's like when you see these guys that put like V8 motors on a fucking golf cart and you're like, what is the point of that? And it's like, well, I did it because I, I can. And it's like, okay, you kind of got me there. Um, but why? And it's like, again, do we need to go over this? Because it's fucking awesome. That's why. And this podcast, this audience base of this podcast hears that and be like, you know what? That is fucking awesome. Why has nobody put a V8 in the golf cart yet? You imagine how sick that would be? That thing would fly. And the more I think about it, it does seem pretty awesome. That's that's what I here's another awesome thing. This this made me happy. Uh, I I was a big fan of the January six events that unfolded, and I thought that they were hilarious. You know, uh, people just storming a capital. But there was one individual in particular that really separated himself from. Uh, the rest of the crowd. And this guy is known as the QAnon shaman and he is running. He is running for Congress. That's what I love about America is just the freedom you have. He, this guy got arrested for storming the Capitol. He storms the Capitol. And now decides that he is going to run for Congress. That's why America is the greatest place on earth. You can't dispute it. There is no discussion on who is the greatest country on the planet. Because you can do some shit like that. You can run and take a piss on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Dressed up like Mel Gibson in the fucking Patriot. Wearing a wolf fucking skin on your head. And then as soon as you get out of prison, run for Congress and nobody bats an eye about it. Nobody's like, what the hell is going on? They're like, that's his goddamn right. That's what I like. In Canada, Christ almighty, if one of the guys that donated to the trucker convoy just donated, and I'm not even saying attended a rally, a single rally. Could you imagine the landslide of horseshit that would come that person's way? You donated, you're a fucking Nazi. The media would be all over him. But this guy, I'm not saying the media is on his side here either, but I'm saying like the, the, gen, the fact that he can do this is insane. Greatest country on the planet. The January 6th attacker known as the QAnon shaman is trying to take the notoriety of his conviction all the way into the halls of Congress. He's running for office from Arizona. NBC's Ryan Riley has the latest reporting for us. Tell us what's going on with this. Isn't that something? 
That blows my mind. What's next? America is the greatest sitcom on the fucking planet right next to the Taliban. When the Taliban puts some shit out there, you like stop and listen. That, that'll that put you dead in your tracks and be like, what are the Taliban up to? You know, right after they uh, took over Afghanistan, everybody was watching the videos. They're on ellipticals trying to figure out how those work. They're in a weight room. It looked like you let loose 13-year-olds at gym class into the weight room with no teacher supervision. AK-47s uh, hanging off their back and they're like trying to hit the bench press. What is going on over there? That's what you say to yourself. And then you fucking go to the neighbors down south and you're like, what the fuck is happening here? You know? This guy's running for Congress? That is true freedom. I'm not saying they are. They are the closest to the freest country that we have. They are. Anybody who can get away with that. And then he was in prison. You remember when he was in prison? He was like, I need vegan meals. This this guy's literally insane. I hope he wins. I hope he wins. And that just goes to show like, you know, all it took was like someone. Well, well, I guess it's happened numerous times where celebrities have uh, ran for a political position. And have won, right? But now we live in this era of like internet influencing. And and these people are more popular than any, like I would say A-list celebrities of our time. You know, I know I'm out of touch with what the young kids are into, but I know that they're not, they're not heavily into movies or TV shows like we were. It's all like streamers and fucking YouTubers and shit. The YouTubers are more popular than the A-list celebrities were in our era. And I know some of you are like, oh, ask any kid. They know who all these like Kai Senate is in like fucking, I don't even know any of the other ones. What Aiden Ross? You know what I mean? I'm saying these names and I don't think a lot of people know who they are. Rightfully so. You should be happy if you don't know who they are. I spend way too much time on the internet. That's my problem. You know, I exist on the internet. I like the internet. I like computers. I like that shit. Okay? As much as I am just a degenerate piece of shit from Southern Alberta, I enjoy technology. It is, it, it is a major part of my life. There's always cameras or computers or cell phones around me at all times. And I do I like living like this? Kind of. Not really. I do at times. I like the technology. I like learning it. I like all the programs that come with it. You know, like. But what I'm trying to say here is how long before fucking Who's that dipshit that hit that guy with a hi-ho? David Dobrik. David Dobrik is going to be in the White House by 20 fucking 35. Mark my fucking words. We're going to have a YouTuber. It's going to be like a content house before you fucking know it. It's going to be insane. Because you got guys like that. Guys like the QAnon shaman are now able to run for Congress. Because of the American freedom, the American dream is breaking into the Capitol building on January 6th, taking a piss 
on Nancy Pelosi's desk, going to prison and be released only to run for Congress. And you know what? They're going to give him the attention that he wants. Are people going to head to the polls and vote for that guy? I highly fucking doubt it. We've seen this numerous times. It doesn't really pan uh, pan out the way they think it is, you know, but they get the spotlight just to show that this is the average American, you know? This is who the American people truly are. And that's just, you know, the media doing that. And they're like, look at, we're put this insane guy next to this somewhat polished individual. So that way it's easier for that guy to win. So they allow idiots like this to run. So that way, you know, these career politicians can look like somewhat normal even though deep down they're just disgusting individuals. But next to that, it's easy to look at both of them and this guy's fucking, hey, aren't you the guy that stormed the Capitol? You imagine he shows up like in game day face paint to debate? You know what I mean? He shows up in the Capitol 6 gear or January 6 gear that he was in. You'd think to yourself, what the fuck game show am I watching? Is it theme night at the Wheel of Fortune? When the fuck is that? Who's that good morning host that did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Regis Philbin. Regis. Regis is over here playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with Ron DeSantis. I don't even know. Fucking that's Florida. I know. Who's the fucking guy in Arizona? Who cares? I can't vote. But I want to see this guy debate. That's going to be fun for the whole family. What else do they have to say? Brian? Yeah, so QAnon Shaman is sort of this failed actor who is very big on media attention. Um, and so Jacob Chansley is now... What gave it away? What gave it away, Ryan Riley? He's a justice reporter. He's a failed actor. He's a failed act. What gave that away? The fact that he showed up in his favorite attire. He just left an audition when he before he went to the Capitol. He was auditioning that day for a Geico commercial and decided to go down there and make a mark. Oh, there's lots of cameras down there. Maybe get some eyeballs on me for my fucking uh, highlight reel to send to Hollywood. Sort of trying to pivot that into becoming uh, running for Congress and, of course, returning to uh, the place where he uh, committed his crime on January 6th that he was sentenced for. He ultimately was in the Senate chamber, but now, you know, he's looking to go to the House, uh, apparently. So, you know, it's remarkable to look at these videos of what happened on January 6th. And, of course, you saw some of this afterwards get sucked into a conspiracy theory about what QAnon Shaman um, actually did and what Jacob Chansey actually did. But from the very beginning, you can see on those videos him entering the building. <laughs> Right behind this initial uh, breach of the mob and then taking the dais that belonged uh, to former uh, Vice President uh, Pence and leaving a threatening note for him. Um, so he was <laughs> one of the first people to go to trial uh, or rather to take a plea deal and be You sent- know, when you look in a guy's eyes like this, you, you think to yourself, that's a sane guy. You know, when you look into the, the eyes of a man like this, it should tell you right away that... There's a couple screws missing in this Ikea set. And I'm a little pissed because I got to get this desk together because the wife needs something to do crafts on, you know? And you got to improvise. And then that's what happens. 
That's when you, you know, this is why you shouldn't have a population addicted to Xanax or prescription pills. But it's a free country. And this is the beauty of it. You can look in this man's face right here. You can look into this man's eyes and think, boy, oh boy, I'm doing all right. It is not that bad over here in my world. It is not that bad over here. I'm not struggling as much as I thought I was. I'm not over there fucking storming the Capitol. I'm not begging for vegan meals in a prison cell. You know? And then only to get out and and have the grand idea to run for Congress, which I think is brilliant. I think we need more people like this. We got to let the insane... I mean, that's the joy, again, like we talked about, I believe, on the last episode of letting insane people have cell phones. You know, TikTok Live is just a, a plethora of beautiful souls that just let you dive into their lives. It's, it is a wonderful space to go and take part of. I love sitting back at nighttime and just seeing the individuals that sit on there and feel as if like what they are doing is so entertaining, you know, just sitting there, putting on makeup, not going out. They sit there for hours on end, putting on makeup to go nowhere. They got to eat on fuck. Nothing annoys me more than people eating on TikTok live. It's like, are you that fucking dumb? that this is what you think that people find entertaining, but folks sit there and watch it. So I guess I'm in the wrong, you know? I don't get it. I don't get the culture these days. I think we're so far from ourselves and have this idea as if like we're just a star in some fucking movie role that's never going to get the, you know, the premiere slot down at the cinema. I think a lot of us, whoa, I think a lot of us exist in that. Uh, again, with like technology has not only made um, fools of us as humans, because the dumb ones always rise to the top. And you got you have to have some form of humility, humility to rise to, you know, to where like the pinky doll, the yes, 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 popping popcorn. And just every time somebody sends something, you react to it. You know, there's, there's humility to that of acting like that and thinking, but we, we just, we throw cash at it and these people get extremely rich. And, and then once they make that money in the beginning, you're like, this person is fucking insane. But immediately as after they make their millions of dollars, they're like, you're a genius. It's crazy. It's even something like uh, QAnon Shaman behind, you know? If he wins, I have to eat my fucking words by calling him a jackass because then the American people have spoken. That's who they want representing them, you know? And who knows, maybe he is a genius and I'm just not giving him any credit whatsoever. And I'm just shitting on this man for no fucking reason whatsoever. It's a damn shame. Lord, it's a damn shame. got a sentence that has now left him out to run again in 2024. So quite a remarkable turn of events. But, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not he's actually going to pick up any traction or whether this is just sort of another media stunt for him as he has sort of done throughout the years. Chris, it is where we are in this world. Ryan Riley, thank you. <laughs> now to that high stakes summit next week between President Biden and China's Xi Jinping. NBC News. 
But that's where we're at. Another place that we're at, this is fun. The CBC comes out with this, another great organization when it comes to reporting. Um, Canadian media bosses tackle how to reign or regain citizens' trust. Principles, ethics, and standards can't be calcified. They must be reviewed, says Toronto Star. VP, you know, there is a portion. I'm going to try and find. Uh, it was in their little podcast. 14%. Victoria University was the host. And, out. you know, we all know about the news haters. Um, I think, is this still true, given what the numbers say about Canadians' attitudes toward public We're just going to let this roll through. Guess how many respondents said it was important to them? 19%. Victoria University was the host. And our challenge to three invited heavyweights of Canadian media... Explain to us why, in this digital age, fewer Canadians believe they can trust traditional media outlets. I wonder why. On stage, Irene Gentle, Vice President at the Toronto Star. Sonia Verma, Vice President at Global News. I wonder why. Editor-in-Chief for CBC News. What do these It was my job to, to guide their discussion. Let me start with this. We've all talked about this, how journalism is a bedrock of a healthy democracy, that it's integral mm. to civic society. It's what motivates all of us to stay in this business and to have even started in it. But in this moment, really, is it still true, given what the numbers say about waning trust, Irene? First of all, do I believe in it? I do believe in it. There's evidence that when, when people are without a credible news outlet in their area, there we go. that their civil society gets worse. Voting goes down. You know, a lot of things happen. But I don't think that we can ignore the numbers that you mentioned. I actually love the, the, the Reuters Oxford uh, studies. I, I read them very carefully. Uh, news indifference. So, you know, we all know about the news haters. Um, yes. Think, you know, many of us have, have experienced that and certain journalists uh, are targeted. Uh, more than others, and hopefully we'll really talk about that too, because that's a huge issue. And why? Why is it a huge issue? It's because we've put the trust in those, especially here in Canada, where our media is subsidized by the federal government. You know, uh, many of them have, go through the same ringer in these universities of these courses, and then when uh, alternate media pops up and because they don't have a degree at a certain university, they're supposed to be discredited because they're not true journalists, right? Because that piece of paper hanging on their wall. And a lot of people are turning to alternate media sources because those people are the ones that are on the fucking ground. All these guys are that they, they fail to realize is they're just glorified bloggers at this point, you know? That's all it is. When you go to something like CBC, nobody sits here and like, Nobody. I shouldn't say nobody. Many of us sit here and they we, we, we scrutinize the media these days because they're subsidized by the federal government. So there is like, you know, uh, a feeling in the air of like they shouldn't be biting the hand that feeds them. And then when you see the, the trending stories and sure they report on some of the stuff that could be, you know, very important to Canadians. Very important. But it's way down at the bottom and you have to search for this stuff. It's not the trending news that they want to push out there. It's even like this warmongering chicken hawk bullshit that's going on right now between the war of Israel and Palestine and all these neighboring countries that are being involved. It's like you, when you take a step back for just one second, you need uh, public approval 
And a lot of people right now aren't really on the side of like, hey, let's have another war. It's like, hey, fucking, I think it's time to calm the hell down. I think we've been through enough in the past five years, haven't we? Five years. People are fucking struggling financially. And now what do you, what do you want more? What did, you know, sorry, let me fucking rephrase that. I think people right now aren't really interested in uh, this war because they got their own problems going on. Where if you had a thriving society, we probably would put more into it. You know, we are seeing people out in the streets protesting it. And uh, whether you're pro-Palestine or fucking pro-Israel, whatever, you're out in the streets because it's the last form of entertainment that this country has. is putting a fucking sign up over your head that you spent fucking, what, 45 minutes coloring you did arts and crafts go and fucking show your sign outside of whatever government building because that's all we have left we can't afford to go to the movies right now and and what these media organizations are clearly trying to do is garner support on uh you know military action and many of us aren't really for that right now. And it doesn't even... You've seen it with the war in Ukraine. Nobody gives a shit about the war. That's still happening. Nobody cares. Nobody's saying jack shit about it anymore. The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, is coming out and be like, we shouldn't let this one, you know, fucking take away from over here. We, should st- we still see- need some money. You know, it's like, oh, that, that horse shit is... Uh, taking care of itself i think you know clearly like here's what i think and it's not proven or true but i think that that's a proxy war to keep the the russians invested in in something and to deplete them of resources and uh you know uh take down a little bit of their military and, and and just to see it was a test like can the russians fight still and, and, and now we're gearing up for this and, and we're seeing these wars pop up everywhere and, and nobody wants to grab a gun and go fight. Nobody wants to die for Israel. Nobody wants to do that, you know? Nobody in the West anyways. Because it feels like you're, you're not... Well, if you could get, like, nationalism behind it, it's almost like 9-11. Like, it made it easy... Or it, if you look at 9-11... That that garnered support so quickly is because it was an attack on American soil and, and it just put patriotism at the front. And people were willing to grab a pick up their pick up arms and go over there and fight against terrorism. And only for years to come by. And you know, and a lot of this information is public now that it was all horseshit. None of it was true. You were lied to for political interests, for uh, natural resources, money, whatever. And it's, it's fucked with people. You know, you got angry veterans. They're out there. They're out there fucking talking, talking the truth of like what really went down. But we don't listen to them. They're just idiots. So when it comes to the media and what they report, I think a lot of people have lost trust over the past couple of years because they had to go to independent uh, news sources to get information that makes more sense. You know, it makes more sense. And plus, these independent journalists, 
you know, they're not, they, they have their biased opinion. You can see it. It's in the writing, but they fucking lay it out for you. They give you what you perceive as the truth, or at least as close to what you believe that is. Where these assholes just sit here, they collect a check, and at the end of the day, they don't give a shit. Do you think the VP of the Toronto Star gives a flying fuck? Do you think that they care about how you're feeling? No. They just want to combat disinformation. It's, I don't know. It, it It's it's annoying because it seems like such a pretentious perspective on their behalf to sit there and just be like, this is the, the news haters. Well, yeah, you've demonized half the country when it came to the trucker protests. You, t- you went with the bullshit. You, you reported bullshit on numerous occasions and you've lost the trust of the public because you've exposed yourselves as the frauds that you actually are. And then you have the audacity to sit inside a fucking university and sit there and be like, well, we just, we need to get to the bottom of this. And it's like, yeah, you've been sitting in your apartment blogging while there's people out there recording shit on the streets with their cameras and uh, uploading it to their websites. And you have to go to them to make a fucking opinion piece about the story that they did. You're not even out there. And when you do go out there, people hate you so much, you feel unsafe. So why would you go out there? So I guess uh, I'm contradicting myself right now. So I'm, I'm kind of answering my own question why they don't go out in public because they are harassed. But rightfully so, I think, is like, just tell the truth. Report it. People are out here. They're going crazy. Meanwhile, behind, and we've seen it with CNN. And it's like it's a mostly peaceful protest as, this, as somebody standing in front of a building burning down. And you're like, these people just can't help but lie, you know? So it's funny that they all gather inside uh, this little fucking venue. Oh, well, I'll get the gallery here and have a little conversation why the public is wrong and we're right. It's fucking drives me mental. Anyways, guess what? It is time for hate mail. We love the hate mail around here. We love it when you mail in the hate mail. Uh, You can make a voice recording. And, uh, hey, we'll play it on the show if you email it to me. Just put in the subject line, hate mail. We love emails on this show. It's easiest, you know? Email the show. Hate mail. Get whatever you want off your chest. Write a fucking novel. I don't care. Do whatever you want. If you got no hate in your heart, then you must be lying to yourself. And that's a damn shame. You shouldn't be lying to yourself like that. You know? Plenty of us out there got a lot to say. And maybe we don't feel like it's worth saying. But that's all right. You know? Anyways, email the goddamn show, Uncle Hack at DangerCats.tv. And let's get into our first piece of hate mail today. It's a nice little chunk here. Dear Uncle Hack, enjoying the hell out of the pod. Always get a laugh of it, out of it. And you can bitch about current events so I don't have to. It's about time you got the video clip volume figured out so I can hear the mouth breather. 
I can hear the mouth breathers without getting ear raped by your snorts afterwards. Keep it up. A grease monkey from your cheesehead southern neighbor. Where is that? Is that Wisconsin? Right. Also, call my HVAC buddy a faggot. Thanks. Oh, there you go. Faggot. First faggot of the show. Holy shit. That's the that's gotta be a record at the end of the show. We're saying, faggot, will you get the hell out of here? That's a record. 59 minutes into the episode. And we're saying the first faggot. Oh yeah, oh boy, we're going downhill. All right. Uh, next piece of hate mail coming right up. Served hot and fresh for you on this show. Just how you like it. Dear Uncle Hack, I am writing. In this time to reply to the hate mail on my hate mail to the fucking Momo who sent in last week's hate mail talking about meth out cock fiends and tight pants Ontarians. I'm from BC with big boy pants. You probably still shit in yours. All of those tight pant Ontarians are just Gen Z faggots who think they've uh, been the first to figure out something out or to have thought it out. Kind of like you did when you said, I stole your material. Maybe you mentioned it earlier last summer. I never heard it. The way you write hate mail, I probably just figured you were having a stroke. Like you invented the term dick broom or something. Maybe instead of being hooked on the paint thinner, you should get hooked on phonics, you fucking hair lip. This is hate mail time, not caveman scripture time. Learn how to read and write, then you might be taken seriously. Let's focus on getting out the Surrey pole starts, mad mugging Mexicans, and cheap ching chong Chinamen first. What has my life come to? Jesus Christ, I've graduated from Facebook arguing with morons to arguing with mongoloids on a podcast hate mail. Oh, well, it's cheap entertainment and it's all good fun over and out. That's what I'm talking about. Now we got people arguing in the hate mail. Oh, my Lord. This show has really grabbed a gear. Tabor's number one podcast, ladies and gentlemen. And this is what it's all about. All right. We got a massive one to end the show. So buckle up. This is going to be fucking story time central. Um I can't even use my computer screen. It's too small. Hello there, Uncle Hack. I'm at a breaking point. I made this stupid decision almost a year ago to move to the big city on my own, and I thought I'd be able to curve myself a life here. Uh, Curve myself a life here. I am dying. I am from a dying small town originally, and there was no good paying jobs at all in this town. It's quite far from anywhere else, but it's close to Ottawa. I decided to rent a one-bedroom apartment for $1,400 a month. I had one month until the apartment was mine, and then uh, I thought I'd be able to find myself a decent-paying job here in Ottawa. I wasn't able to find a job until December of this year, so for my first month living alone, I had no income coming in. Then I got a grocery st- then I got at a grocery store doing the night shift being paid minimum wage because it was the only job I could find here in Ottawa. I have been left 
I've been left that grocery store in late spring of this year because I got a job at a pesticide company paying $22 an hour, 50 hours a week. I really liked it there and I was able, uh, and I was able to, I was able paycheck. All right. And just tread water. That and I am now laid off as of three weeks ago. I couldn't find a job anymore, so I had to go back to another grocery store doing the night shift, being paid minimum wage. I'm almost 22, and I have about three years of customer service experience under my belt since I was 15. Apparently, grocery stores don't value that. They won't give me any kind of higher wage. I don't expect to make lots of money. At a grocery store, but I also didn't expect to make minimum wage. I am apologizing to those. This is a novel, and I that's why I said you can write a novel. And I don't want to work in a grocery store anyways, but when you're unable to find any kind of job you want to, uh, you, you, any kind of job, you take what you can get. They just put up uh, my rent now, 600 bucks for no reason. The parking lot is full of potholes. The road is uneven through the parking lot. There is no amenities or anything uh, unique about my apartment building. All it is a parking lot that I have to pay $200 a month for par- for my parking spot and my one-bedroom uh, one bathroom apartment. I don't know what to do. I have a 2021 car that I financed for seven years before I moved out. I recently got into an accident because some packy ran into the front of my car because he ran a red, put my premium up too, because of a speeding ticket I got a year ago and they're not really helping me with my accident. They're playing He said, she said kind of games. I'm afraid to tell my parents or ask them for help. I left on good terms, but it was my idea to move here and it's my responsibility. I know they would help me if I asked, but I don't know if my ego is in the way or if I just feel selfish about asking. I'm trying to find a second job or I'm also trying to find a better job while I'm still at the grocery store. All I want is a job that pays $20 an hour minimum full-time. I've applied to labor jobs. I've applied to hydro truck truck jobs. I've applied to anything under the sun. I've been on Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Canadian Job, Bank, Website, and I'm in financial turmoil. For those listening right now, you're probably feeling quite good about yourself. I have about three grand left to my name and I'm able to pay one more month's rent, uh, one more month's worth of rent. And then I have some money left over. I'm afraid to put gas in my car because if I do that, then I can't buy food. The only thing I live off of is rice and eggs. I have a girlfriend and everything's good with her as sometimes I'm invited to dinner at her house. When I have dinner at her house, it's really great because it's food. I can't afford to eat. My parents have their own financial issues, and I'm afraid to ask them for help. I don't want my parents thinking that I think they are a bank. I'm afraid to go to the food bank because I hear on the news how overrun they are and how there is uh, there is a lot of food at the food bank to begin with. There, There is a lot of food at what? I'm really uh, on my breaking point. I wish you're able to point me in some sort of direction. Oh, wow. I am good at that. It's called Head West. I know you're not rich. I know you're not the smartest guy. I know you're not God, but I'm looking for advice for anyone who is in a better situation than me. I'm thinking about cutting off my internet and television because I'm almost never home to use it to begin with and be in to 
and be thinks what and be thinks $110 a month for internet and television is suitable. I don't even watch TV. I only have it for football to watch my team play once a week. And most of the time, I don't even get to watch them play because I'm either at the gym, at work, sleeping, or with my girlfriend. I'm in financial purgatory once again. And I hope you can point me in some sort of direction. Please believe me when I say I have pulled. I have applied to everything and anything under the sun on these websites. I've even gone in uh, with my application or resume and tried to speak to the manager or the hiring person to really push the envelope that I want the job that they are offering. The grammar on my resume, it's well-written, it's well-organized, it's It has my contact info. I just don't know why I can't find a job. Maybe I can't find a job because some of these places I can't afford to hire me. Minimum wage being so high and everything being so expensive in Canada. Maybe these places really can't afford to hire somebody that is extremely qualified. I'm not qualified to do most jobs because I'm young and I don't have a lot of experience. But I'm a quick learner and I try and I stress that to these employers... Once again, I don't know if this is going to make it on your next live stream. Ha ha, I fooled you of the Uncle Hack podcast. And it probably shouldn't because I am just some guy whining to you. I'm not looking for charity. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just looking for some advice. Thanks for your time. It means a lot. Let's start where you're at. Ottawa. Ottawa. The king, the kingdom of cocks out there, as I call it, a shit show of a city. And you're, you're realizing that now in real time, how much Ontario sucks. Okay. You're fucking bent over making exodus out West. There's lots of jobs. I can tell you right now, there's places all over Saskatchewan. If you can live in a small town in Saskatchewan, they are begging for guys to come out there and work in the oil patch. You will be making twice the amount that you, uh, you would be taking home probably twice the amount due to rent being low. Uh, your wage being extremely high and they are fucking begging for workers in places like, uh, I believe it's in Estevan. Kindersley is another place. Uh, a lot of these places are looking for people that will move out that way. As long as you're comfortable enough up and leaving where you're at, I'm telling you right now, Ontario is a hellhole. I don't know why anybody wants to live there. You get bent over with PTSD, GTSD. The rent is skyrocketed, where if you move to like a, a remote area, and it doesn't even need to be a remote area. It's just somewhere where you probably wouldn't really want to be. But guess what? You can live a decent life. Everybody wants the glitz and the glam. They want the city. I want to be a part of the fucking big show. Right? You want to be a bit you want to be a part of it all. You know, New York, New York. My advice to you, young man, is go and experience a bit more of the country and don't let something like 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 the location where you're at. And I know it's difficult to up and leave. And trust me, I've done it. It's uh, it's rewarding. You might find something better. You can, uh, you know, and you seem like a guy that is trying and I'm not going to sit here and dog somebody that's really going out there. You've uh, really laid it out here in this uh, short story that you have here. Um, 
You know what? Uh, I, I applaud you for not trying to be a financial strain on your parents and you made a decision and you're trying to figure it out yourself and you wrote into probably the best podcast that will take something like this serious. So what I'm telling you is leave Ontario. The East Coast of Canada is crippling and crumbling underneath you as you're feeling right now. You can't afford to live in a one-bedroom, one-bathroom fucking apartment because it's a shithole. Because the, the prices have gotten so insane out there. And I'm telling you, you'd be able to find something nice. You know, small town Canada is great. You'll meet some of the best guys, some good friends. It's nice. You get to hang out with people. You're a five-minute drive from everything that you need. You know, you, you can fucking, you'll work a decent enough job where you don't have to go and stock a grocery shelf in fucking Ottawa. I can't wait to go there and just shit on that fucking dog shit city. I can't. I cannot wait. Oh, it's going to be, but look out west, specifically Saskatchewan. There are jobs out there. They are begging for guys. And like I said, these small towns that are, uh, um, oil industry driven are looking for young workers right now to come out this way. And I'll tell you what, you're able to rent a fucking house. You can rent a house for what you're paying probably in Ottawa for a one bedroom, one bath. You know, you, you'll be able to get ahead out there and uh, save some money. You'll be able to, you know, in, in your living situation might be a slightly different. You might not be able to go. And it sounds like you lived in a remote area once before where you can do that out here and make a decent enough wage and uh, enjoy your life a little bit and not stress so fucking hard. You know, you, you young guys got it pretty fucking rough. And it's uh, no thanks to those in power. It's no thanks to those that were carving the path out before you. But uh, sometimes a little relocation is uh, the destination. I don't know, fucking, but that's what I... Look out west. Out west. Alberta, baby. Fucking Saskatchewan. Anyways, thank you for writing into the show. We'll see you next week. Uh, next week's episode, we will be in Texas. Uh, a little special treat, A uh, uh, one of my favorite comics, we'll be sitting down with him. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with him numerous times, and uh, it's a little special treat for once we touch down in Austin, Texas. If you know anybody out that way, tell them to come check out the show. Um, November 18th, Austin, Texas, the Sunset Strip, um, November 22nd, Round Rock, Texas, at uh, Rocky's Bar or Rocky's fucking comedy club, I think. I can't remember what it, the exact name of the location. And then December 3rd in Plano, Texas at the House of Comedy. We thank you very much for tuning in and uh, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash dangercat69. Link is down in the description down below and you can become a Danger Dong Patreon producer and have your name in the credits of this show. Isn't that nice? Isn't that... Oh, I'm such a great guy for doing such a thing. Oh, God, look at me. I'm the best, aren't I? <laughs>